Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Good evening, Coach Roberts. Hello, Dino. Dino the dinosaur. (laughs) Flintstones. Some of our younger listeners may not know about the Flintstones. I mean, surely everybody knows about the Flintstones. Pretty good cartoon back in the day. (laughs) Back when TV was clean and you weren't afraid to turn it on and watch the show. Did you ever see the movie about the Flintstones that was not animated? I did. I was not a fan. It was more my kind of humor than yours. I thought it was stressful. I don't remember that. No. Well, we digress. (laughs) One of my many nicknames, I suppose. Digress? Dino. Oh. (laughs) Yes. I think that's probably your longest standing nickname. Since I was a little bitty kid. Who started that? I don't know, but that just makes me think that little stuffed dinosaur that Ellie carries around all all the time ought to be called Dino, even though it's not purple. Oh my goodness. We have the cutest video of her making a dinosaur roar. She is very talented at 19 months. I really wanted to post this video on Facebook because Shelby's holding her and Jacob is standing beside of them and she had just done her cute little roar and I wanted to get it on video. So Shelby was trying to get her to roar on video and she wouldn't. She was being shy. So then Jacob makes this ginormous roar and then Ellie does the most baritone roar that could possibly come out of a little girl's throat. And then Shelby makes the cutest little expression. And I would love to put that on Facebook, but I think I would need to get permission from Jacob and Shelby to put that on Facebook. (laughs) And you would have had to get it on video. I did get it on video. Oh, you did get it on video. It is on video. I need to see that later. Okay, I'll show you that video. And Jacob and Shelby, if you're listening to this, let me know if I can put that on the Facebook. All right. So this weekend was the Ironman 70.3 World Championship in St. George, Utah. It was, yes. And we got to watch a little bit of it streaming on Facebook. It was a pretty awesome race, I thought. Yeah, I was mostly interested in the second and third place finish on the women's side because both of those ladies, they're from two different countries, one being from the United States, Taylor Nib, is it? Yes. And the other, was she from Denmark? I don't remember. I'd have to look and see where she was from. But their teammates, same coach. Of course, this isn't Taylor's thing. She's new to Ironman 70.3. She was more of a group ride than a time trial cyclist where she's used to drafting and riding a road bike. Yeah, ITU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. But if someone hasn't seen it yet, I won't spoil what happens, but it's a very interesting and close race between those two. Yeah, and the men's race was also exciting. I'm not sure that the event was 
quite as entertaining as the Collins Cup, but it's it's great to see professional triathlon getting some good coverage. Which I don't know how great of coverage it's receiving because it was the Iron Man Now Facebook page that was just doing a Facebook Live, and the coverage honestly was terrible. Yeah, the signal strength in the mountains around St. George was a little spotty at times. Yeah, they could work on their production a little bit better. Yeah, and I guess it's hard for major networks to get on board since Iron Man is a company and a brand. It's just a little bit different, but it'd be nice to get better coverage. And I think, I mean, they do cover, a major network covers Kona in the full. Yeah, they do a, a summary show, which is still pretty good coverage. But also think if a network picked it up and covered the entire event rather than just showing hours and hours of the pro cyclist, which some of us would really enjoy. I think many more people would be interested in watching if they would kind of spotlight some age groupers and show a little bit of that race as well. Yeah. Make it more inclusive. Yeah, and not necessarily have a select few age groupers that they're following, but just show the action, whether it's at the front of the age group pack or in the middle, just what's going on with the rest of the athletes. Yeah, the action and then some backstories. Well, they'd have to do some prep work if they were going to do backstories, but it'd be interesting. Yeah, like when we're watching the Olympics, there would probably be a lot of downtime, but they pre-record everything and they include backstories, and it makes for very exciting and entertaining prime time. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it would be fun to go out to St. George and do a triathlon sometime. What do you think? Yeah, that's a run with those steep hills toward the end. Whew, those would be challenging to already taxed quads. Yes, it would be. Very challenging. So I had a big weekend of running. Tell me about it. So yesterday I had, I'm three weeks out from the Boston Marathon. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So... I have worked it out where you'll still be going to Moab, but I am going to actually go in person to Boston. Yeah, and if you've never been to Boston for the Boston Marathon, it's not really designed for spectators. I mean, there are a ton of spectators. It's not really designed for Sherpa-type spectating. I think the Boston Marathon is definitely spectator-worthy if you're going up there just to watch the Boston Marathon. Yeah. So anyway, back to the point. I had a big training weekend for three weeks out. I wasn't really training for Boston because I was planning to go to Moab. But when we talked to our friends about it, they were pretty insistent that I go to Boston. So I still struggle with it, but I'm excited. It'll be the first time for my in-person Boston. But my training has been a little spotty. Fortunately, I had a friend who was training for a marathon, and I was doing most of her work with her up to about a month ago. And then I've just kind of been in a recovery cycle. But... When I decided, or I guess we decided last weekend that yes, indeed, I would be going to Boston, I thought I better be up in my training game. (laughs) Did you think about running any hills by chance? Well, let me tell you about that. Saturday's run was a two and a half hour run. And in the two and a half hour run, I was doing seven nine minute pickups that were to be five to ten seconds 
harder than marathon effort. And I say effort because it was still very humid outside. And so I try very hard not to focus on pace. I try to focus on effort. But I do always have a pace in the back of my mind because I know what my best marathon paces are. And, you know, you always want to improve a little bit based on the training and the short notice. I'm not expecting Boston to by any means be my A race of marathons. It will be my, I I guess I should say, it will definitely be my A race of marathon experiences because I'm very excited about it. I want to enjoy it, so don't know that it'll definitely be my marathon PR race. Yeah, and Boston is not really known for being a fast course unless you have the wind out of the southwest. Then you have a tailwind most of the way. And people are already posting on Facebook what the weather's going to be on that day. You don't know what the weather's going to be on that day three weeks before that day. The forecast will change every day, and so there will be highs and lows every day. Yeah. So anyway, I'm really trying to talk about (laughs) this training I did this weekend. Go right ahead. So we have nine minutes, seven times, and I did the first couple, and again, I was going on effort. And toward the end of the nine minutes of the first one, I looked down at my watch and I was pretty disappointed with the pace for the effort, but I felt like my effort was where it needed to be. Then I did my three-minute recovery and went into the next segment and, again, tried to keep the effort right where it needed to be. And I looked and I was pretty excited that my pace was better on the second one. For the next one, my boyfriend was joining me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you jumped in with me, and you said, you immediately said... <laughs> I don't remember what I said. Oh, what did you say? Do you have a route picked out? And I don't remember what you said. I didn't say anything. I said, well, I do. I did have a route picked out. <laughs> yes, you did have a route picked out. I'm going to let you finish the story. Okay, so he said, so we're going to go to Huck's Hill. <laughs> so I was already struggling and, and not thrilled with my paces and And, I'd been running flats and not communicating with me that you were struggling (laughs) right I did not communicate that with you because I was focused on effort and I want to be positive so anyway I think I said (laughs) something like what did I say are you just trying to get me hurt are you just trying to hurt me (laughs) which he probably I'm guessing you took that as like injury hurt yes and I was thinking more struggle bus hurt (laughs) Mm. and then punch your ticket to the struggle bus yes so i was already on the struggle bus and then the struggle bus was about to head toward the i think i can heal when i'm not on a struggle (laughs) bus but anyway so you're like well let's not do that then like ball beans don't make me responsible for hurting you (laughs) and then i asked well what pace are you trying to run i didn't ask what effort you were trying to run and you said what pace you wanted to run. I said, okay, that's what we'll do then. <laughs> For which was was already a hard question because I was supposed to be going by effort, but that's okay. <laughs> well, my job as a pacer, I really have to know what pace to go. Right, because you can't really feel my effort. I can't feel it. But anyway, we did the hills. The hills did not in any way slow down my pace, which was actually a confidence booster. So... As always, Coach, you had a good idea, and yes, I need to train on hills, but I'm three weeks out. (laughs) And downhills are probably more important than the uphills, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you rocked the hills. Yep, 
it all worked out. So anyway, can't complain because it was nice to have a partner. So it worked out well. The first 70 minutes, Bethany, our daughter, ran with me. And so we did the easy portion of the run and then a couple of the pickups. And then she tagged out and you tagged me in. So it worked out well. And Bethany's going to Boston with me. So I'm excited about that. It will be a fun girls trip. Yeah. And she'll probably figure out a way to spectate, even if it's just her at the finish line, seeing the whole thing, Mm -hmm. which I think would be more enjoyable. I hope she doesn't try to hop on the train and see me in a bunch of different places, because then I'll be worried about her. (laughs) This is not a good year to be packed into a, a bus or a train. I agree. But I just wonder, do you think after she experiences Boston, she's going to get the bug and want to go to Boston? Well, that'd be a question to ask her. Well, I will have to ask her when she gets back from Boston. Yeah. She's a very nurturing and giving person. And I just feel like a lot of times when we're training for something, she likes to train at my pace so that we can run it together. So you're going to have to... Start running a pace that's good enough for her to qualify. Whew. Yeah, we'll have to have to get on that one. <laughs> Struggle bus. Who knows? And then, so that workout went well. And then today, I thought I might be a little bit tired or sore, but I had an easy one-hour shakeout run, and I headed toward Bigger Hills. I went ahead and headed toward Oakhurst Bend. A glutton for punishment. Well, I mean, there is a heartbreak hill in the Boston Marathon that I want to get to the top of successfully. So I've been to Boston twice, and I trained on a lot of hills prior to it. And I just really did not remember the Newton Hills being that bad. But when I mapped out the course recently in running ahead, I was surprised by the elevation. Just the heartbreak hill is like the fourth of the Newton Hills if I remember right, looking at the graph. And it's 100 feet of gain in about a half a mile. So it's a long hill, longer than anything we have around here, at least longer than anything that we typically run on. Yeah, I feel like Oakhurst Pend is about the longest hill I can find unless I get in the car and head way out into the county. And it's only a quarter of a mile. So I guess I could go left all the way down to the cul-de-sac and then maybe get... Three quarters of a mile. I don't know. Maybe. No, that's not correct. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But you, you'd have to go out into the county somewhere to find anything longer than a quarter mile. Yeah. Now that I'm heading to Boston, I've been following some of the Boston Marathon posts. And something caught my eye this week that I thought I'd like to share if you don't care. Yeah, please share. So it has to do with their adaptive program, Spotlight. And they're featuring an amputee, and I don't know how to say the guy's name, Marco Chassetto Lentucay or something, I'm not sure. But anyway, he's going to be competing in the para-athletics division. And here's a quote from him that I thought maybe we could talk about for just a second. It, he says, as amputees, we have never been given the opportunity in a big race. We want people to know that if someone has a physical condition, it does not limit what they can do. Everything we need to succeed is within us. It is not outside us. It's a pretty good attitude to have. I think it is a good attitude. But my thing is, 
this piece of it. Everything we need to succeed is within us. I think that that's only true under one condition. Yes. Do you have a theory on what I think that condition would be? Well, I don't know if he's thinking the same thing that I'm thinking, but if you don't have Christ, then you're missing out on a lot. Yeah. So I'm not sure what he's thinking or not thinking, but and I think that this sentiment sounds great, but everything we need to succeed is within us, only if Christ is within us, only if we have accepted him as our personal Lord and Savior. And then, yes, everything we need to succeed is 100% within us. And I'm sure he's just talking about the fact that a lot of times you just have to dig deep and get over some things to be successful. (laughs) Am I taking this way too deep? (laughs) No. No, I'm just pondering that because I hadn't seen that post. But yeah, the the struggles that some athletes face, I just have a hard time comprehending whether that's uh, the blind athletes or the amputees. It's just amazing that they overcome their disability to do the same things that that we're able to do at a very high level. Yeah, I mean, we were watching the Paralympics just last weekend, I guess, and their times were much better than what I can do. It really is incredible what people overcome. Yeah. Did we talk about it last time? We may have talked about that the finish of the women's 100 meter was just incredible in the Paralympics. I think the finish was from gold to silver was separated by less than a hundredth of a second. Super fast. Really close. But it was exciting. Anything else? I'm going to take that as a no. (laughs) But if you think of something, you just interrupt. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking hard. All right. I could tell. So I wanted to talk in this podcast about post-race recovery. I don't believe we've covered that before. And I think it's timely for us as coaches, this time of the season, as athletes. We had some athletes compete last weekend and they're in the process of recovering. We've got some more that are competing next weekend that will be recovering. We just thought it'd be good this time of the year when there's a lot of races going on to talk about recovery. We spend so much time on training, getting to race day, we don't want to lose sight of what we're going to do after race day to really set us up for the next the next training cycle or the next race. Before we jump into major recovery after a big training cycle and the race, it's also important to think about, and again, we talked about this when Mike Hillard was on the podcast with us, is after each run, what are you doing nutrition-wise and exercise-wise to go ahead and get your body recovering and ready even for the next day? So we've talked a little bit about that as far as getting a good balance of protein and carbs after the run, making sure you're fueling properly on your long rides, long runs, because maybe you could get yourself through those workouts without fueling properly, but it's certainly going to impact tomorrow's workout as well. So we've talked a little bit about that kind of recovery, but I think maybe your angle today is more recovery after you've gone through that big build and that big training cycle, and you've just crossed the finish line of your big race. Exactly. Yeah, you've crossed the finish line. Now what? 
So one of the first things I think we should do is just be thankful to God for the good health, to be able to compete, to be able to train, to be in a safe environment where you can gather together in friendly competition and just really be thankful for the opportunity to enjoy the race experience. I'm not only thankful to God for the ability to be able to get out there, but also gratitude for the family members and friends in your life who have graciously offered you the support and the time necessary. Step back and think about ways to thank them for allowing you to do what you love to do because nobody really does this in isolation. No. And sometimes the fan plan or the crew plan is more stress on race day than what the athlete's going through. Right. And then training cycle leading up to it, if, especially if it's a big event like a marathon or half Ironman or full Ironman, that family or the people that you spend time with, they're sacrificing that and allowing you to have that time. So just all kinds of gratitude in crossing that finish line. And like you were saying about after each workout to be fueling for recovery, to get you ready for the next day, that's something you want to focus on after your race and be prepared for after the race is to get some protein and carbs as quick as possible and then keep hydrating throughout the rest of the race day. You may be tired of sweets if you've been consuming gels or other sweets for carbs, but just find something that you can tolerate and consume it quickly after yeah. the race. And what you think you can tolerate, you put that in your post-race bag. And I can remember in April when I finished the Carmel Marathon, Bethany pulled out my think bar and handed it to me. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is the absolute last thing that I want to eat right now. But it had 20 grams of protein in it and I just, I made myself do it, so... If Bethany hadn't been standing there and handed it to me, I'm pretty sure I never would have dug down to the bottom of the bag and found that far. But yeah, having an advanced plan and if someone is there, having that person hold you a little bit accountable to implementing that plan. Make a plan and stick to it. And after the race, you may be tempted to lay down on the ground or or sit down in your relaxing chair. I want to relax in my relaxing chair. But keep moving. Don't just stand still. Keep walking around. It's probably not a good idea under normal circumstances from a a really exhausting race, like a full Ironman or a marathon or or a half Ironman, for you to spend a lot of time stretching your muscles. Give them an opportunity just to relax while you're walking gently. But if your legs do cramp up, then you're going to have to stretch them out. And we've seen that (laughs) from a few athletes after a marathon and that's a painful experience to go through when your legs cramp up much better for them to cramp up after the finish line than before though if they have to cramp up at all afterward would be better and if they do cramp up then that's an opportunity for us to revisit the nutrition plan for the next race At some races, there will be tents set up and tables set up for your free post-race massage. I wouldn't encourage you to do that. If the masseuse 
was going to do a real gentle massage, it would probably be okay. But they're used to, in their practice, doing a more intense massage. It's definitely not time for a deep tissue massage when you cross the finish line. No, but save that thought for when you get back home. A few days later, a massage might feel really good and and help you with that recovery process. And you can be assured that you won't ever find me making an appointment to go to some stranger to give me a massage. You just don't want anybody putting their hands on you. (laughs) I have my personal space. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a few massages, (laughs) and I really enjoyed them. My masseuse Brad, he does a really good job. Yeah, well... I'm sure your masseuse Brad does just fine, but it's like you and Brad have your massage time and I will not get a massage (laughs) if that's okay with you. To each his own. Yes. (laughs) So another option to help you with recovery is to wear compression socks. Have you ever had compression socks? I have compression socks. I'm trying to think of a time when I've seen you wearing them. I don't wear them. Here's my theory, and it's just a theory I have. I have no research, but I always think if I have time to give my muscles to recover on their own without the aid of compression socks, then I'm just going to do that and let them go through the work. But I don't know why. I mean, I just, I don't know why I think that. I I have nothing against. I would wear compression socks before I went and got a massage. (laughs) Okay. I did, though, which this might be jumping ahead, so you can stop me if it is. We're just going freestyle here. Okay, well, after I completed Ironman Louisville, the next day we went to the Athletes Village and the line into the Superstore, (laughs) the Ironman Superstore, whatever it's called, was longer than the line to get in the water to swim the day before. You did talk me into it. I didn't want to. You had to really talk me into it. You talked me into going over to the, was it Nortech? Something. Normatech. Normatech tent. And they put these black boots on me that went from toe to all the way up to my upper thigh. Recovery boots. Yes, recovery boots. And of course, if I were just left to my own devices and there were recovery boots and I could go over and put them on and be by myself. I'd had no trouble with it, but there were these, you know, people manning the tent because I'm sure they want to sell the boots that had to help me get the boots on. So that was the uncomfortable part about it. They touched you. (laughs) But once I had the boots on and was left alone, then the boots felt really good. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it helped with my soreness or not, but in that moment, it felt really good on my legs. I think I would like to put those on my Christmas list this year. Oh, no. I'm going to have to go back and listen to all the podcasts because I have not taken notes on all the things. I'll remind you in the next podcast. Of, all, of everything? Or well, just those? At least this one. Do you remember what else is on that list? You have the goggles. I did remember that. Yes. There's also the smart sunglasses for when you're running and cycling. Can't you just wear your, go- your goggles? <laughs> I don't think that'll work. Oh, yeah. And it would look really funny. All right, moving right along. Some other things to do post-race. After my first marathon, which was the St. Jude Marathon, great race, by the way, great cause, I had in my plan, 
beforehand, I was going to go back to the hotel with you and take an ice bath. And you, I've never had so much enjoyment in my life pouring ice into bath water. <laughs> there was no end of the ice coming into the bathtub. <laughs> It was a hey, miserable experience. Hey, my man wanted an ice bath. My man was getting an ice bath. <laughs> Your man froze. <laughs> I did not find that to be very helpful after the fact. I was still very sore, and that was a unpleasant experience. So if you're into ice baths, more power to you. But I would suggest instead taking a shower and then just alternating between hot water and cold water every couple of minutes. Have you ever done that? Taking a shower? A hot and cold shower. <laughs> I'm not a particular fan of cold showers, but mm. I do take a cooler shower after a race. But no, I don't think I've ever alternated between hot and cold. I think your cooler temperature is about the normal temperature for me because you like your water hot. I do. Do you remember that movie, Rookie of the Year? Is that the, is that the, the movie little... that has a little help, please? Or is that exactly. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so in that movie, real cute movie. Hot ice. That's where we're going. Oh, oops. Still in my thunder there. Hot ice. So we're talking about hot and cold shower. So this trainer for the Cubs in this movie had the secret to success for recovery for the pitchers, you know. You, you got heat. And you got ice, and he had the idea of hot ice. That was the secret. Is this the same guy that was stuck between the adjoining room door saying, Little hip? That's the guy. Okay. Yes, I remember the movie. We watched that a hundred times, probably, when the kids were growing up. Our kids really enjoyed that movie. Another strategy for helping your body recover is to lay on the ground or on the bed and prop your legs up against a wall. The premise is is that your legs are above your heart, and so that's going to help the waste that has accumulated in your legs to get flushed out, helping the recovery process. And I can't say this enough, but just keep hydrating. The body needs water, and water is the majority substance in pretty much any drink you have. So keep hydrating. If you do have access to a swimming pool at at home or your fitness center or at the hotel, consider going to the pool and getting in the normal pool, not the hot tub, and just relax in there. might feel good getting up against one of the blowers and letting that water pressure gently massage your muscles, but just walking around in the pool would be a good way of helping soothe those tired leg muscles. Then as the day wears on, be sure to go out and get a big, healthy, celebratory meal. And I don't eat a lot of steak, but after the Gulf Coast Marathon, I got the biggest steak I could find. I was starving, and there was nothing left when it was time to leave. Were you impressed? I was amazed. And then over the next few days afterwards, just continue to eat healthy, sleep as much as you can. But when you're up and and when you're up, just continue to move around like you normally would. Don't sit around or lay around more than you normally would. Try to get back into a somewhat normal routine for your lifestyle, but don't immediately jump back into training until your body's ready. It's uh, tempting to 
to want to jump right back into a hard training cycle, but it's more important to give your body time to rest because the worst thing that could happen is for you to train hard too soon and end up on the sidelines. Yeah, and there's a couple of reasons for that. One is you've been putting a lot of time and effort into this, so you need to mentally unwind as well. Not only are you physically spent, but usually by the end of a huge training cycle for a big event, you're mentally spent as well. And so even after you recover and your legs are feeling good, you should still maybe go into four or five, six, maybe even eight week recovery cycle where your swims are easy and relaxed. Your cycling is easy and relaxed. Your running is zone two, RPE four, you know, just take some downtime and shorter distances too. Just, you can't go full throttle year round and expect to stay healthy. And then use that extra time to invest in those who have sacrificed while you've been putting your best foot forward in your sport. So there's just so many reasons to not jump back into something full throttle. Yeah. And I know you and I have talked about it before, too. We try to stagger who's in their intense training and who's more of in a recovery training cycle so that we're not both burning the candle at both ends at the same time. Right. And something else I was thinking about as far as as recovery, and, and this is something that's more important leading up to your big day, is obviously you want to be eating healthy. You want to be hydrating before your race, but... It's a good idea to be on top of your your vitamins and supplements and whatever else you can do just to keep yourself healthy so that when the race is over, your body's going to be really fatigued, your immune system may be down, and being proactive can help you avoid any illness during your recovery phase. So when you're thinking about your big race, it's important to have a plan for pacing and nutrition. It's also important to have a post-race recovery plan. So I hope some of these tips will help you in your next big event to recover well and put your best foot forward going into the next training cycle. And I do have a scripture I'd like to share today. It is from 1 Peter chapter 5 and it's verse 10. So Peter is saying, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.